Taylor's Intersection was a chance for me to have a medium where people could talk about the intersection of money and meaning. I've been in sales 16 plus years and I know for the most part it's binary. One, zero, one, zero, one, zero. If you bring in enough money, then you're a good person. If you don't, you're not so much of a good person. The sales world is binary and missing something important that goes beyond meeting quotas. This is how to prevent selling your soul and wasting valuable years of life. But sales can be more than just a money grab. It can be meaningful and enjoyable. And those who can better explain this meaning are not your cookie cutter by the sales book vanilla people. They're my guests. And hope you enjoy the first season. More to come in the second and seasons beyond. Um, these are colorful people and they discuss how they derive fulfillment, meaning, enjoyment, and also what they're bringing to the positive evolution of sales. And it continues to be wonderful. And I wanted to, on our first episode, talk about why I'm starting the podcast. And I have been in sales for around 17, 18 years. I always had to be meaning to the job and not, um, I didn't want to just be a commodity or a number, um, in which some people can associate with sales. And so I, Throughout my career, I've, I've found meaning in different ways, and this is the most current medium, is this podcast and having these conversations with various characters, and building that community, and getting feedback from listeners, and having those connections. And so that's, that's what the podcast about, is about. I'd, like, um, uh, I'd love to hear from you. And without further ado, we're, we'll talk to our first guest. My first guest is Adam Johnson, and this was a, a really deliberate choice um, to, to kick off the podcast because Adam and I worked together at Salesforce, just feet away from each other in a cube farm, and we got to know each other really well, uh, hung out outside of work, and, and I, I was able to, to you know, uh, admire and through observing him um, on calls, and, and I, I think he's... I hold him in you know high regard in the top three sales people, uh, leaders I've I've ever been around and and also people and integrity and um, you know he's a family man and just uh, someone I admire in all capacities. So um, Adam Johnson, SVP of Sales uh, at Active Campaign, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate the kind words. Uh, hopefully, they're justified. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great to see you. I know you lived in San Francisco and now you're in Chicago. So we, you know, we'll see each other once every six months, but, um, yeah, the way I, I wanted to, uh, when thinking about how best to go about today's episode, I, I want to think about Adam and, um, you know, obviously what, what sales means to me and what I think is interesting to talk about currently, but um, what would be interesting given what I know about Adam and Adam's personality. And so we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But first, um, how about you just start with, you know, when uh, growing up, when, when did you know you were going to go into sales? What was your, what was your thought process when you decided to be a salesperson? Why did you get into sales? Yeah, great question. I mean, I've always uh, enjoyed 
interacting with people, every job that I've ever had really has been, you know, even back into like retail, it was always around uh, interacting with, with others. Uh, and so that's always been something that's, that's given me energy. And, um, you know, oddly enough, I, like I started my education in computer science. Like I, I, I thought, Hey, like technology and, um, networks, infrastructure, software, like those are things that will be valuable. Uh, and, uh, and, but I ultimately decided and ultimately made the decision to change from that path because, uh, it wasn't giving me that sort of that energy, right? Like I was finding myself like working in a lab, spending a lot of time alone. Um, and that wasn't, that wasn't feeling right for me. And so I ended up uh, ultimately changing, studying business. Um, and so probably about halfway through college when I made that decision is when I knew that like something working with people was going to be the ticket for me in terms of something that, uh, could sustain me, uh, you know, uh, as a career path. And yeah. as, as a result of that, I ended up getting a, a job actually at our, at the Illinois state, uh, daily vedette, which was the campus newspaper selling uh, print advertisement to local businesses. And that was my first real official sales gig, if you will. Um, and, um, it was, it was tough. It was challenging. Um, also rewarding and, and, and fun at times, uh, not so much fun at others, but, uh, but it was a great experience. And, and I think from that point forward, I really knew that that was, it was going to be a part of, of what I did in some way. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a psychology degree and, and I, I flirted with the psychology path after college for a couple of years and, and just didn't feel right. I was where it was kind of extreme mental mental illnesses, uh, and I worked at a at a place where it, they'd go. People would go immediately after being institutionalized, and I just saw a lot of recidivism. So you know, basically, you know, they they would we would we would say that they're well enough to move on to maybe a communal place. And then um, we'd see him again in three months. So I didn't really see, I didn't see any progress. I didn't see that we were, we were changing anything. And also I, I didn't understand how some people, you know, put in a lot of energy and effort and others didn't, and we got compensated the same. So that, that's what was appealing to me in sales was you get what you put in. And I, you know, uh, I think I, I love, I thrive on having conversations with, different personalities and asking a lot of questions and being genuinely authentic. And um, so I feel like there are a lot of skills that are needed uh, are usually associated with success. I, I, I have, but you know, there's certainly things I'm weak on. I had to learn, but um, Adam, what do you, what do you think, um, you know, was, or what do you think is unique about you that you bring to or you attribute to your success? Um, and is it the same as it is, you know, has it been consistently the same thing from your first job till now or? Well, um, I mean, I think, it, I think it changes. Like I, you know, I, when I first got into sales, like I was definitely driven by kind of the, the earning potential and, and the opportunity to, as you mentioned, kind of, get out of it, what you put into it, which was, was very appealing, uh, for me, especially like earlier on. Um, and so I loved winning, right. I, it's, it's fun to win. And I think, you know, that's, that's something that attracts people early in their careers. I think, especially people who are 
competitive and motivated in that way uh, will end up finding their way into sales for those reasons. And, and I think that's pretty normal, but, I, but I don't think that's necessarily what sustains people or what allows people to make, you know, a, a, a lasting career out of it. Um, in many ways, it's people's ability to handle failure that, that leads to a successful or sustained career in sales. Um, cause wins are fewer than the losses as a, and so as a, as a career wears on, like you're going to, uh, you're going to lose way more deals than you win. You're going to get hung up on way more times than you have people who are excited to hear from you. And and I think, um, you know, as a seller, specifically as a frontline seller, those are things you've got to be able to make peace with and move on from quickly. Uh, if you want to have a, you know, a, a lasting career, I think now, you know, now that I've gotten some, some miles behind me and, and, and I've, I've, uh, been able to experience some wins and, and suffer some losses. I I'm particularly excited about having the opportunity to lead teams and build teams and, uh, and contribute to the success of others and, and hopefully, uh, help them learn from uh, some of the things I've been able to do well and avoid some of the mistakes that I've made along the way too. Do you ever feel, and I, I think this is a common, uh, you know, thought or association with sales. Did you ever feel that just like it was, you're a number that, that, um, you have a lot of other values, your character and your integrity and your, and your personality. And, but that sales doesn't care about that, that you're, you know, you're only as good as what you, what you bring in, you know, revenue is king. Um, did you experience that? Did you have, did you, you know, have, you know, kind of a, a uh, internal dialogue about that at any point in your career? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it, it, that's a function, I think, uh, uh, to a large degree in um, the, the organizations that you're a part of and the people uh, specifically who you work for. I've been really lucky. I've worked for a lot of really fantastic leaders and people who I admire and, um, and who I'd love to have the chance to work with again. And, uh, and I've, I've seen the other side of that. And I think... Um, you know, so that's something for me where now I think as I've, that's advice that I would give younger people in their careers, pay close attention to the people that you work for and with, uh, because they will, to a large extent, shape the experience that you have um, and, and the way that you feel about the work that you're doing, um, because they control that to a large degree. And, and, and I mean, I think it's important to know, like, you know, most, most roles are performance based, right? Like whether you're a seller, a marketer, or a customer support agent, uh, chances are you've got metrics that you have to hit. I think sales is both lucky and unlucky in the sense that it's really very binary in terms of whether or not you're doing well. Yeah. So people can look at, you know, uh, look at a number and, and really easily judge whether you're having success or not. That's not necessarily a reflection at all points of the investment of efforts uh, even in some cases, the quality of work that you put in. Um, but it is, it is easier for people to make a judgment of, of whether you're a success or a failure based on, uh, you know, based on your attainment percentage. Um, and I think uh, there are moments when that is a benefit to the role. And there, there are moments when, uh, uh, you know, it might make people not be as excited to be in sales as a, as a career. Yeah. Too. 
So that day when I, I, w- I went to the family gathering and, and I, I felt like I was bringing no meaning <laughs> to the world and I was just that sales guy, I, on the way home, I, I was really kind of, you know, entertaining various ideas of, of how you can apply, how you can romanticize sales. You know, could you say that we're the messengers, we're uh, poeticizing emerging technologies and we, we have the power of choosing who, uh, which companies, which people within those companies and when they get these technologies that uh, advance culture, that advance um, the way we go about our, our day to day. And that sounds very, you know, it, 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 it sounds poetic a bit, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel, that didn't feel natural to me about how I feel about sales. What really I like about sales is, and you know, you have to get good at it is if, if, if the, if the, if the relationship is there with your, with your manager, if the culture in general with your team is, is good, you can't put a price on that. Um, and if, if you have passion for the product, you, you think that you're best in breed and you're not, you're not selling a product that you're going to have to, you know, where you're going to have to leverage pricing um, to your, to your advantage. And, um, you know, of course the money is, is great, but if the, you know, if, if those things are in place, I found, um, and I'm also more of a startup uh, guy, I'm pretty happy. Um, and what I get out of it is, is, you know, when, uh, of course, in entry level sales, it's more transactional, more about activity and 50 calls a day and 50 emails. Um, but as you evolve, you get into, you know, more cerebral sales. And I like that it's a chess game. Yeah. I like figuring out how to work smarter and, uh, where, where there's weakness and, and, and it's different for every job. But um, I'm finding right now, you know, getting, uh, putting, you know, the focus away from me and, and looking at what's happening in sales today. I think, especially with the millennials and, um, and the conversations I'm hearing about sales are much more about meaning and a lot of times quality of life over, over money. And, um, and, you know, the, given the times, everyone's remote right now, given the coronavirus, we're all at home. And perhaps that's, that's comforting for some, um, being around family and, and whatnot. But um, do you feel that, you know, that conversation is going to be top of mind when, when we, the quarantine is over and we go back to work? Is that going to be a topic that, that is going to be, a, you know, the top five company objectives? I'm seeing human resources getting a lot more money these days. Um, but do you, what, what conversation do you think is going to be going on in, in hundreds and hundreds of conference rooms with the, um, you know, the, 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 the high level executives? Well, to, to, to talk a little bit about like the idea of um, kind of romanticizing sales, like I, I, I love that concept. And um, I think that's uh it's an interesting idea. Like I, I will share with you a, uh, a comment that a sales trainer made to, uh, to our group once. And uh, it's something that really resonated with me. And that's um, sales is the art of convincing someone to do what's in their best interests. 
And that, that to me, um, really helped sort of like solidify in my mind, the fact that sales is actually like a very noble effort, a very noble profession. It's not slimy or sleazy, um, or pushy or self-interested. It's, it's, um, you know, you're trying to represent something that you believe in, um, something that you have conviction, uh, is useful and creates value for others. And then you're trying to find matches for that solution or product, whatever it is that you're representing. And I think if you, um, if you find a match within a prospect, you know, that, that, um, that you believe that your solution is in their best interest, then you can be convicted and you can, you know, build a story and, and you can tell that story and you can uh, be persistent in pursuing that um, without that, you know, becoming something that is ugly. And, and to me, that, that really helped me. Um, it also helped kind of solidify the idea that like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like force something down someone's throat. I'm trying to work with them. I'm trying to help them uh, figure it out. And I think, you know, to a large degree, um, you know, business, business, uh, users won't buy technology all that often. So like, you know, I work for, uh, uh, active campaign, as you mentioned, where customer experience automation software. So we combine elements of like customer data platform, sales automation, market automation, and give our customers the ability to try and curate and orchestrate like a really phenomenal experience for their clients throughout the entirety of their life cycle. And so I, I believe in that. Like that's a, that's a message I can get behind. That's a story I can get behind. And so um, it, I feel that it's okay to have conviction um, and to be persistent around, you know, us pursuing that because we have a chance to help people do better. And, it, and, and to, so to me, that is a bit romantic, right? Like, I think, you know, I think that's a way to at least look at it in, in a really uh, positive light and it's a way it's, and it's an approach I think that resonates with buyers as well, because they want to work with people who are going to try and help them solve their problems. They're not, they don't want to necessarily work with people who are going to help push their own agenda. That's not useful. It's not helpful. Um, but if you are genuinely curious and interested in collaborating with them to try and help them solve problems, I think that lands well. Yeah. Uh, with and, and obviously I think there's, there are, were a lot of solutions where, you know, where the buyers um, many times didn't enjoy the experience, the whole experience, the evaluation and purchasing cycle. And that's why today I think it's about 65% of the, of the evaluation journey is what they call the dark funnel um, where 65% of that journey where they're evaluating your, your software or, or, your solution or your platform, um, they, they do it by themselves before they reach out to the company, um, and the yeah. salesperson. So yeah, I, 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 I like it. I mean, I, I used to, I love acting and I love, um, you know, I, I love acting and, and I, you know, I've been in plays and I like to make little videos, you know, with friends and we'll come up with a scene or something. And, and I'm, you know, for me, um, it's not that I'm acting when I'm, when I'm, you know, when I'm selling and when I'm in a, in a room with 10 other people from the, from the company, but it, it's a lot of the same, um, a, a lot of the, the things you think about to 
to have an optimal performance as an actor um, applied to to that scenario in a in a sales uh, in a sales process in in that conference room, where how you say it is more powerful than what you say, and the ability to talk to a CEO or a CMO just casually, like like they're you know you're at a happy hour or you know um, and and not just thinking about that you're a subordinate and they're a, a C level and. And you know, right away they can sense that um, there is that nervousness. And so for me, it's another way I find meaning is is it's a lot of times it's 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 you practicing, um, you know, yeah, practicing being on stage and and being comfortable there on stage. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's yeah, sure. I mean, I think you've got to have different, there are different approaches. I think, you know, different variations of, you know, how you, how you communicate when you're communicating to different audiences. Um, and I think, um, you know, and, um, uh, one thing that, uh, that, that, that reminded me of a little bit, what you were talking about is actually like, uh, Tony Robbins has a video on building rapport that I, that actually, I think is really good. And he talks about the idea that, um, uh, people want to do business with people that they like or with people that they want to be like. And, mm. um, and I think that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Uh, what I've found is that, um, for most people, it's, it's way easier to be likable than it is to be someone who someone else aspires to be, you know? And so, uh, and so I think, you know, that's an interesting uh, kind of idea. And I, one of the ways that I think is the most relevant, uh, way to, to generate likability is just to be authentic and to be, um, genuine and to be curious about other people. And so I think if you, uh, regardless of who you go into a conversation with, whether that's a CEO or, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a CMO or, a you know, a, a, an individual salesperson, like if you're interested in what they're doing and if you're trying to, you know, uh, add value to them, uh, you know, you're, it's, it's much more likely that they're going to find you uh, likable and, and someone that they want to continue interacting with. Yeah. And, um, I, I want to get, I want to start inching towards closure here because I, I want to make these, these episodes short and sweet. Um, there's a lot of noise out there and I don't expect everyone to take 30 minutes or an hour out of their day to listen to my, my podcast. So I want to, I want to end with, a, um, you know, one of my more recent thoughts because I, you know, I read, I've been reading actually on audible. I've been listening to a lot of books and whereas I was reading one book or two books a year, when I had to hold the book in my hand, I'm, I'm going through like one a week. So I'm, I've, I've probably listened to about 10 books in the last two months. And one of them was selling from the heart by Larry Levine, where he's talking about just what you're saying, being authentic. Um, and I think that's absolutely true. And, and, and some people, if they're natural, they're natural selves, then actually it might do them a disservice. I think you're, you're one of the lucky ones where your personality is your natural, you know, you're, you're likable. Um, I, I think for the most part I am too. Um, but you know, that's, that speaks to more and more where I am today. What's top of mind for me is energy efficiency. And, um, I, I go into my job and I, my personal 
personality is, is there's no gap between my personal personality and, and my work personality, you know, a little bit, but very minimal. So I'm not exhausting energy on that. Um, and I, I love my boss, my current boss. I'm currently sales director at MRP. Um, and, uh, love the, love the culture and everything is, is, is wonderful. So I can focus on sales, my job, um, and not exhaust energy on anything else. And that's, that's where I am today is, is, um, being efficient with my energy, being very deliberate about where I'm working and ensuring that that is all in place so I can perform, you know, at an optimal level. And then doing things like this and finding meaning in, in sales and having conversations with uh, people in, in the sales profession, it, I, you know, conversations that just probably don't happen at work. So um, I wanted to conclude with where I am and what's top of mind. And, and, and um, Adam, would you, you know, how about, how about you? What's, what's top of mind for you these days? You, I think you've been on some podcasts as you, as you keep, keep um, rising on the ladder you're invited to various um you know podcasts or speaking events what what's most attractive content wise what what would jump at you know what do you want to talk about well i mean i think you know for me i'm i'm uh fairly focused on kind of like building a team right now and um and and helping to develop others and, and investing energy in uh, how do we organize? How do we set up a team that will help, you know, help deliver, help evangelize active campaign and what we're doing and, and also, you know, creating a, uh, a team and an organization that will also help build people's skills and careers so that they have a really positive experience while they're with us. And, and I hope, you know, ultimately that people will look back on the time that they spent, you know, uh, with active campaign that's something that they're happy to talk about and excited to talk about when they go interview for, uh, you know, for their next, you know, job further down the line. Uh, and hopefully that's something that's exciting in terms of, and so that's, that, that is my primary focus. I think in terms of just, uh, you know, overall trends and things that are interesting to me, I think, I think a little bit about, um, kind of the pendulum of, you know, what, it, what is important in sales. Like if you think of, uh, the challenger sale, like that's a, that's a book I'm sure you're familiar with a lot. Most, most people who are in sales are familiar with the concept at least. And, you know, that's something where there was this big swing away from, uh, relationships being important. And, you know, I wonder if at some point that pendulum is going to swing back in the other direction. Cause I think as, as, um, uh, you know, I think especially, you know, given some of the changes in the economy and how things might uh, unfold here, I think having trust, having, you know, an established and good and positive relationship may, um, may take us back to a point where relationships might, you know, might potentially become more valuable. And so I wonder if, I wonder if there's some sort of, some sort of cycle that exists there, uh, or if that will be kind of that, that kind of, uh, more focus on things like challenger and others will be yeah. a consistent theme over time. Yeah, that's a great, that's a, that's great. And, and you know, I'll, I'll end with this. I, you know, I, I, you got to remember that these authors, they're, they're salespeople too. And, and, um, you know, they, they probably believe in the methodology that is, is that they're, they're, they're preaching, but they're, they also want to sell books. So, I actually think that, you know, the, the technology and the, you know, the office environment, they change pretty rapidly, but the psychology in sales does not. And it's, it's, 
you know, it's a lot of, of fundamentals and, and, uh, you can keep, if you keep it simple, what I find is if you keep it simple, um, you know, have integrity, be authentic, know the product in and out, um, know how to use your resources and collaborate and minimize stress and anxiety. Uh, then you're in a good place and that's where I am. Yeah, I totally agree. So I don't, you, you have a family and, um, I don't, but, um, I, uh, hope you have a great weekend. It's Friday. Uh, what is it? April 24th. First episode. Thank you, um, for being my first guest and, um, we'll have this out next week. So have a great weekend and, um, I will send you this podcast when, when it's finalized. Sounds good, Eric. Thanks. Enjoy that San Francisco sunset. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Have a great one. Bye.